horrific experiences that a human being could ever go through. Yet, he didn't get offended by God. He carried on believing in the goodness of God, the kindness of God, and the grace of God. So we're going to talk about Isaac a little bit. But first of all, I've got a, there's something that's happened that is a real shame um, in my life. I've just got to talk about. It's actually about my wife, and I don't know where she is. Michelle. So if anyone knows where Michelle is. So Michelle is a really great Christian, okay? She's, like, she's really like Jesus in many ways. But there's one problem in her life that I just need to bring to your attention this morning. And I want to try and iron it out and sort it out once and for all. It's that Michelle has one idol in her life, one thing that I think sometimes is just way too important in her life. And that is coffee. Okay, she has such a coffee addiction that, I mean, I honestly don't think she's even a Christian when she wakes up in the morning until she's had coffee, okay? She is just, she's, she's literally a coffee monster. She has, to, and she's a real snob with it. She has to have the right coffee. She has a precious coffee machine. No one's allowed to do it. Like, she has to do it. So, she's meant to be sitting here. I don't know where she is. Maybe in the toilet. Can you go and get her, Leith? Can you go and get her? Because I've, I've got a trick. For, I'm going to do a trick. <laughs> so, because Michelle has this idol in her life, uh, there you are. We're, I'm just telling her about your horrible coffee addiction. So come and sit down. Now, I've found your secret stash of Colombian coffee. Okay, and I know this has cost you a lot of money and this is your budget for coffee for the next few weeks. Okay? So, it's still in its box. And I would hate to have to make you choose to sacrifice this for God. To grow as a Christian, I would, have to, I would hate to make you choose between this and God. So I'm going to make the choice for you. Okay, um, so I'm going to open this box up. It's just come from Amazon the other day. So, six packets of gorgeous Colombian coffee. Is this it? This is the one you love. Yeah, you really, really, really love it. Okay, right. Trust me, this is good for her soul. You've got to go with me. Right, at New Wine, we had... This was used very frequently. This is our toilet from New Wine. Um, okay. Now, Michelle, I'm gonna, what I'm going to have to do, I'm afraid, is I'm going to tip all your coffee down the toilet. Is that all right? Okay. And so you just have to watch me. You can't do anything. You just have to stay there and watch me. Okay. Have I cleaned the toilet? What's that? About? Well, you're actually going to have it after it's been in the toilet. Right. So. One. Smells amazing. I was meant to bring scissors, but bear with me. Bear with me. We've got to be hard with sin in our lives. Yeah, we will be running the marriage course in a few weeks, yeah. 
I can just feel the pain in Michelle's heart. It's beautiful because it's making her more like Christ. And I could save you one, but we won't. Okay. Now, she did mention she was going to still try and drink and use it. So I'm going to get some... Um, let's clean the toilet. This is her favorite Zoflora cleaner disinfectant. So we're going to put that in. Wow, some people are clapping. This is amazing. <laughs> we're purging the sin from Michelle's life. So how do you feel now? Really sad. Are we still married? <laughs> Are we still? <laughs> okay. Now, this was a little bit like Isaac. <laughs> now, just to put you at rest, this is soil. It's not your coffee. I am. Me and Reuben had fun emptying all your coffee into a lovely big container. This is purely soil. Which is probably why you can't smell coffee. But that feeling that you felt there of, oh my goodness, he's destroying the most precious thing in my life. <laughs> Nearly. Can you imagine for Isaac, this boy, okay, this boy was God's promised child. Abraham and, and Sarah had been said, told by God for years, you're going to have a son. This son is going to be so precious. Through him, all the people of God are going to come and ultimately Jesus Christ is going to come through this one boy. And they waited and waited and waited and waited. And in the end, when they were like 100 years old, and Sarah was 90 years old, Abraham 100, finally they had this beautiful, wonderful child. And then we read in Genesis 22, God says to Abraham, and it's a very scary story, so kids, I'm, not, I'm going to try not to say, the, say it in a really scary way. It is horrifying. God says... Take your lovely son up a hill, a big hill, and sacrifice him there. And often we think about Abraham. Oh, it was an amazing act of faith. And it was, my goodness, to do that to your son. Or to be willing to do that. But for Isaac, we often forget actually how much it would have really, really been so agonizingly terrifying. Just terrifying. He probably would have had nightmares for years. Imagine the counseling or the sozo sessions or whatever he would have needed for years. Now, the story ends well, obviously, we know that, but we're just going to show a little video just to illustrate the story a little bit, and then I'm going to talk about Isaac for just a few minutes. Abraham and Isaac, a father, a son, and a sacrifice. Abraham and Sarah had a baby boy just as the Lord promised. They named him Isaac. They loved Isaac. They taught him to choose the right and to trust the Lord. The Lord promised Abraham and Sarah that through Isaac, their family would grow to bless the whole earth. But one day, the Lord told Abraham to take Isaac to Mount Moriah and offer Isaac as a sacrifice. On their way to the mountain, Isaac asked where the lamb for the sacrifice was. Abraham said the Lord would provide one. On Mount Moriah, Abraham built an altar and placed wood on it. As the Lord commanded, Abraham asked Isaac to lay down on the altar. Isaac trusted Abraham 
just like the Savior Jesus Christ trusted his father. When Abraham was about to sacrifice Isaac, an angel of the Lord stopped him. Abraham showed his faith in the Lord. Abraham knew he would always follow the Lord. Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in the bushes. The Lord provided the ram for the sacrifice. Abraham and Isaac learned about how Heavenly Father would offer his son, Jesus Christ, as a sacrifice. The Lord Jesus Christ trusted Abraham because he obeyed. Abraham trusted the Lord's promise that one day his family would grow beyond the number of stars in the sky. So, so unfair for Isaac. Can you imagine how he would have felt? Just so unfair, so scary, just terrible. Surely his faith would have withered away. Surely his heart would have been hardened towards God. Surely he would have got offended towards God. I think I would have. If God's loving and all-powerful, why would God make me go through that horrible situation? Well, the truth is, and we know this, for all of us, at some times, life is absolutely rubbish. For all of us, at some times, life is so painful. Yeah, we have amazing times, good times, hopefully most of the time. But we all know, oh, God, why did you let that happen? God, if you're loving and you're kind, why? Why? And it's just, it's just a fact of life. that we're, we're living in this broken world that really difficult things happen. But why did God let this happen when he's loving and all-powerful? It just doesn't make sense. And this is why Isaac is, is a great hero, a great, great example for us. See, there's two ways that Isaac could have reacted to this. He could have believed one of two stories. Number one is the, is the self-focused mindset. And number two is the God-focused mindset. And he was totally God-focused in his suffering. Let's firstly look at the God-focused mindset just for a, few, for a couple of minutes. In Romans 8, it says that God uses all the tough things in our lives for good when we love God. So if you love God, when things are really hard at school, maybe your friends are being mean to you, or, or maybe a family, a relative family member dies, or something really hard happens, actually God is using it for good. He will promise to use it, he promises to use it for good. Um, but the problem is with the self-focus, let's just look at the self-focused mindset. This is where our face shrivels up. God, how could you let that happen to me? How could you let that family member die? How could you let that friend be so terrible to me? It's unfair. God, are you really good? And we know that we read it in Genesis at the start of the Bible. There was a snake that came to Adam and Eve. And he just tried to make them doubt that God was good. God doesn't really love you. He hasn't really got a good plan for you. And there's an enemy in our life when the hard things happen that are just, he's desperately trying to sow doubt in God's goodness. So, is, is God really got a good plan for your life? If God was loving and kind and all-powerful, he wouldn't let that happen. And our hearts can so easily grow cold. And we can get disappointed by God. And I think maybe many of us, we thought life was going to go 
this way. We thought this was going to happen in life. Probably for all of us in some ways. But actually life went differently. It hasn't worked out the way we wanted it to in some ways. And the enemy wants to come to us and just whisper, say, God's not good. Is he really that good? Otherwise, he would have stepped in and stopped that. Okay, now Isaac could have gone that way. He could have had this man-centered mindset. And his, that would have been the end of the story. His faith would have shriveled up and he wouldn't be a hero. But amazingly, that didn't happen. The opposite happened. In fact, this experience seemed to just fuel his love for, the, for God and for the grace of God. It is just incredible. So here's some amazing things Isaac did. He, Firstly, you saw in the video, he just willingly accepted God's commands. His dad, imagine this, his dad was about 120 years old probably. If a, if a man who was 120 years old tried to sacrifice me, I think I would just, just push him over. <laughs> Sorry, no thanks. He'd probably fall over like a matchstick. 120 years old. But Isaac, who was a strapping, strong, healthy teenager, who could have fought back so easily. I remember once when my mum, when I was probably about eight years old and I'd been really naughty and she tried to give me a... You know, a little smack on the bottom with a spoon or something, which they did in those days, which you're not allowed to do now so much. And I just decided, no, I'm, go- I'm not taking this. And I fought her back. I just, I just ran away. Isaac, surely Isaac should have done that. But no, he, 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 he knew what God's command was. He trusted God. What incredible trust that even in the trials of life, when it's agony, when it's really hard... No, God, I trust you that you're good. No, God, I trust you because you've said to do this. And I'm sure Abraham, his dad, would have said, look, Isaac, God has told me we have to do this. We have to sacrifice you. He had this incredible faith. And sometimes God asks us to do really hard things, like share our faith with other people, like give our time, give our lives, give our money, Oh boy, that is sacrificial. It's hard. And Isaac gave it willingly. What an incredible heart of faith. Wow. The second thing Isaac did so well, he just didn't get offended by God. I've met so many Christians who just get offended by God. And they've left church, they've left community because God didn't step in and save that relative or God, God let something bad happen and get offended. It happens so easily. But Isaac didn't get offended. He remained just so sweet towards God. How? It's just incredible. How did he have this amazing heart towards God? Well, here's why I believe Isaac had this amazing heart, soft-heartedness before God, and this is where I want to leave it today. Just two, two things. This is why Isaac had a soft heart, a heart of faith that was flourishing like a beautiful garden instead of a drying up like a withered desert. Firstly, Isaac knew that life wasn't about him. You know, so often we, just, we presume that God's job is to make us comfortable and that actually 
life is about us, that we are the center of everything. And our culture is all about that, and it can so easily enter into our hearts. I know it does into my heart. But Isaac knew that the God of Israel, his mission was about the glory of the God of Israel. God's mission isn't about our comfort and our glory. It is about his glory. And if we start with that amazing foundation that it's about him, it's not about me. And yeah, there will be suffering in this life, but I trust that God is good. He's promised, he said he's good, and I know he's good. So that's the first thing. Life is not about us. Okay? It's not about our comfort. In fact, I don't think God's that fussed about our comfort at all. He will actually go out of his way sometimes to make us uncomfortable. Yes, he's the counselor, he's the comforter, but actually if you look at the words behind that, it's not about here, here, there, there. Often comfort is a little bit of a kick up the backside. Often God's comfort is stirring us up, is tipping the coffee down the toilet. (laughs) God treats us with tough love at times because it's not about our comfort and about us. That's the first thing. Then the second thing, Isaac was amazed at God's amazing grace. He was amazed at God's amazing grace. He knew that all of us deserve to die. That is the gospel. That's the amazing message of God. The, the start of the good news is that we all come into this world inheriting the sin of Adam and Eve. All of us have rebelled against God. We've inherited that rebellion. We all deserve to die. And it is the incre- incredible mercy of God and the grace of God that he allows us to be rescued, to be saved, to become sons of God. We all deserve to be killed, to, be, to die. We all deserve hell. We deserve separation from God. We don't like that in our hearts, but that is where we start off in life. We deserve hell. Yeah? Amen? Anyone? I mean, if you disagree with it, tell me after, please. But the Bible makes that so clear. All of us have sinned. Romans 3, 3.23. All of us have sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. We are all justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came through Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrificial atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. So Isaac knew, look, we all deserve that anyway. And his family was chosen by grace. His dad was an idol worshiper, a pagan idol worshiper, Abraham. Didn't know God, didn't love God. One day God just showed up to Abraham I said, I'm choosing you and your family. Not because you're good, not because you're holy, because you're not. I'm just choosing you out of grace. So Isaac's whole life was a life of grace. They were blessed. They were made wealthy. They were, had all these incredible herds of sheep and camel, camels and everything because of grace. They never did a single thing to deserve it. They were just blessed. And that's us as Christians. We are just blessed and blessed and blessed. And what have we done to deserve it or to earn it? Zero. Nothing. We are adored by God. We are blessed by God because of grace. Every day. It's just staggering. So Isaac was amazed at God's grace already. And when that sheep, you know, when the angel shouted out, Abraham, stop, don't hurt your son. Suddenly a sheep appeared 
caught in the, 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 the brambles. And Isaac experienced that grace again. That he was meant to die, but now the sheep was dying in his place. And we know that's a picture of, of Christ, Jesus Christ, that actually we all deserve the judgment of God. But Jesus died in our place. Isaac didn't realize it, but he was acting out the rescue of the whole world. As Isaac staggered up that hill, can you imagine him staggering up the hill with wood on his back? Probably loads of heavy wood. He staggered up that hill, following his father. Following his father, being obedient to his father. He was acting out the rescue of the entire world. Because later on, we know that Jesus, the young man, another young Jewish man, staggered up a hill with a heavy piece of wood on his back. A cross, a Roman cross. He staggered up the hill. He was being perfectly obedient to his father. His father said, come up the hill, Jesus. Carry your cross because you've got to be sacrificed. And it was ultimately Father God who sacrificed Jesus on the cross, ultimately for us, to rescue us. And when Jesus was on the cross, you'd expect an angel to cry out of heaven, stop! And for there to be a sheep to replace him or something. But... This time, there was no voice saying stop. Jesus was sacrificed. He was killed. His blood was shed. And we stand today as children of God. If we've accepted Jesus into our life, we're holy, we're forgiven, we've been made righteous. All because of Jesus. So I'd love us just to pray in a moment. But, you know, life does feel rubbish at times. And the enemy wants to come and make our heart calloused and hard. The enemy wants to come and whisper, is God really that good? And we need to stamp on that snake and say, no, you know, yes, he is good. He uses all the bad things, the painful things, the annoying things. When I love God, it says in Romans, when I love God, he will use those things for good. Okay, even the really painful things. So I would love us just to stand together right now and just to pray. And maybe some of us have been offended by God when really hard things happen. Maybe some of us have been discouraged by God. Let's just close our eyes. Maybe we feel discouraged at God. Maybe we feel disillusioned. Maybe we feel disappointed. And the enemy has been trying to sow unbelief in your heart. I just felt that there was a few people this morning who feel just a bit disappointed by God, at God. God, I thought I, I've given you my life. I thought you would do more than this in my life. I thought, I thought it would be better. I thought this would work out better. God, don't I deserve better? And God just grant, gently comes to us today and says, my son, my daughter, don't you realize I am giving you all things I gave my life for you. I'm your father now. I adore you. I love you. Don't be disappointed in me. You're going to be with me for eternity. So maybe if you feel a bit disappointed with God in any way, just come to him right now and just just say a little prayer in your heart. Say, God, I'm sorry for feeling like that. God, would you open my eyes to show me how blessed I am? Open my eyes, Lord.
Thank you, Jesus. Maybe if you felt offended by God in the past or annoyed at God, just bring it to him. Be honest with him. Say, God, I just feel a bit annoyed at you. Would you help me? Help me, God. Soften my heart. Thank you, Jesus. And we know that this story ended so well. Isaac was rescued. And God wants to bring rescue into our lives where things are hard, where things are painful. So maybe let's bring to God now all the painful things in our lives and say, Father, I just need your help with this. Father, would you break, bring breakthrough in this situation, in my family or in my workplace or in my health? Let's just come to him and ask him right now to bring breakthrough. Would you break through, Lord? Would you come? Thank you, Father. Amen. We're going to finish by singing a song now which talks about who we are in Christ. So um, who you say I am.